This is not a dream. This is a transmission to your subconscious mind from the future, from the year one, nine, nine. Nine. We are transmitting to your subconscious brainwaves. to ensure that the future does not happen, that the floating demon lady does not I could just like working. Bill, are you sure that you I feel like nobody can really hear me with this. It's kind of dim- I don't know if this was a good idea. I, I, I just can, can, can anyone can any uh, hello is it, I just don't, I th- maybe there's a better way to go about doing I just, what, what the, 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 Bill, why did you not? Oh no, do you see that weird demon thing coming in the distance? Oh, God, the demon, the demon, my dick, oh, it got my dick. Oh, Bill, not your dick. Thing looks exactly like the Prince, Prince of Darkness. Darkness. <laughs> yeah, and we landed that one very nicely, beautifully. And hey. it's me, Andy. And it's me, Tate. And we're here with another episode of My Boss, Boss is John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. And uh, today we're here to discuss Prince of Darkness. Now this is a John Carpenter movie that not only have I never seen it, but I have, I didn't know anything about it before I watched it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I watched it this afternoon, and I also knew literally nothing about it. And, um, I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, I really liked it. I gotta say, this is a pretty good one as far as, like, the John Carpenter, like, horror-erv goes. Yeah. It starts off, gives you like a real slow burn mm-hmm. at first, but once once things start popping off, you've got like pregnant women who look like they're like melting. You've yeah. got uh, a guy who slits his throat, but then just like comes back to life and stares at himself in a mirror. You've got all sorts of cool stuff going on here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, it's, it's really a fantastic uh, 80s horror movie, in my opinion. It is. I, I, I found it extremely creepy um like i mean i would put this one on par with halloween and the thing i mean oh for sure it has a different vibe from both of those movies but i found it equally as if not more a little more sometimes like equally as unsettling and just kind of disturbing like there's there's a sense of like dread that exists throughout this 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 whole movie that just doesn't let up ever yeah definitely uh and uh as I was, uh, as I alluded to before the record, uh, this was written by Martin Quartermass yes. instead of John Carpenter. Though John Carpenter does the music in association with Alan Hovarth again. Right, he's been on a bunch. He's he's kind. It seems like uh, I I wonder if John Carpenter kind of like does like piano stuff, and then uh, Alan Hovarth is maybe like the orchestrator, and they found like a creative way of like saying that. I watched a I watched a documentary actually. I don't know if I brought this up to you, but I watched a like a, a short documentary not too long ago, 
some behind the scenes thing of maybe it was it was one of John Carpenter's movies. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was basically like Alan H- H- Hovarth was uh, like, yeah, he's kind of the guy with all the like technical know-how and all of the synthesizers and stuff and at least when they're talking about that movie they're working on john carpenter he was like yeah john carpenter he's like he'd he come over for like a few hours at a time to my apartment and like it showed his apartment it's just you know covered wall to wall different synthesizers and shit yeah totally and it's like we'll put on the movie on a on a little tv screen and he'll watch it and he'll just improvise something along to it and then kind of basically be like okay now use that you know yeah <laughs> and then alan hovarth are sort of like add dimension to it and stuff so John Carpenter is doing like the, it seems like doing like the, like the, he's laying the foundation and he's like building the bones of what's going to be the score. Yeah. But Alan Hobarth is kind of adding like the dimensionality and stuff to it. Okay. So, uh, John Carpenter's like, do like this, bring, bring, bring. And yeah. then, and then, uh, okay. That makes sense. And then John Carpenter himself has even said, I read that today that he's like, all of his scores are essentially improvised. Cause that's what he does. He like, you know, he doesn't like write anything out. He just watches them and like, tools around on a synthesizer and then yeah. probably leaves poor Alan Hobart to go like, okay, make sense of this. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Just ripping it up. Oh, by the hey. way, real quick though, you, you mentioned this was written by Martin Quartermass. Quartermass. Yes. Quartermass. Did you do any research on him? No. Well, spoiler alert. Why huh. do I keep saying that tonight? He is John Carpenter. It's a, it's a, it's a pseudonym for John Carpenter. So John Carpenter actually wrote this movie. Okay, well, shut my mouth. <laughs> I guess I guess that why that's why it feels so distinctly John Carpentery still. Mm-hmm. And there was another one too that I saw because when I saw that piece of trivia, um, I was like, oh wow, really? I I just I didn't I didn't know that because I was like, why would he use a pseudonym? Because he's used his own name as a writer on multiple of his movies, and it seems like he wrote some hits, and maybe people would like that. Yeah, I don't know. But he did it on on another one too, I think, where he used a fake name, but I don't remember which one it was. I mean, Stephen King used the pseudonym Richard Bachman for stuff, so who the hell knows why somebody would want to, you know, yeah. just like up and do a pseudonym like. Do they really like me? Right, exactly. Now I'm going to find out for real. That's right. My name's Martin Quartermass. Yeah. I'm only going to put my name as the director and the producer and the the music guy. That's right. I'm only I'm only going to do all of the other stuff, but it's going to be written by Martin Quartermass. <laughs> and then he puts on like an even bigger mustache <laughs> over his yeah. mustache, and he's ready to go. He must just be a big nerd because that is like, that's a reference to... The, the name Quartermass is a reference to some old sci-fi or spy movie or something like that from the 50s. I feel like uh, it reminds me of Quartermain, which is uh, yeah. a guy from, I guess that's from the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I don't know if that, right. was, that wasn't written back well, in these days. No, but also the characters originally from stories older than... Oh, know, that's true. Yeah, from like the Victorian era or whatever. But Quartermass is like, there's like a movie called like the Quartermass Experiment or something like that. I think from the 50s or 60s, maybe. Mm. Um, but anyway, okay. Uh, we're diving right into this movie. I noticed something I said it's it was produced by Alive Films. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. And I just was like, that's weird. I didn't look into them at all. But I, I just I was like, never heard of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I definitely, I definitely missed that, but I noticed the John Carpenter score starts like from the very beginning, and uh, you really dive straight into a lot of Christian imagery, like in the fog. 
Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. this movie is really priest and nun heavy. You see lots of crucifixes. Like, there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of that stuff going on. This movie reminded me of The Fog in, in a lot of ways, actually. I mean, like, so much of it. Like, I mean, from the very top of it, like, all of the... Like, the way that uh, Donald Pleasance was playing the priest, like... Mm-hmm. Like, just... Even the area that they were in, like the crucifixes, the way the shots were and stuff, really reminded me of the of the place in the fog. Yeah, you know the the church. I guess is that right. was it, it wasn't a monastery. What do you call it? It was a church. Yeah, it's a Catholic church. Catholic whatever. church. The Catholic church in the fog. Yeah. <clears throat> so the first thing that we see, right, is this this old weird priest laying in bed. And he's holding this little treasure chest on his tummy. His teeny tiny treasure. Yeah, and then he dies yeah he uh, dies yeah and his teeny tiny treasure sitting there like right on it like right close to his groins it looks like it yeah and then uh they move it to a desk right and then donald pleasance comes in oh by the way donald pleasance is in this movie yeah donald we, we pleasance some, is our main priest boy yeah we we have some uh we have some carpenter collaborators in this movie oh, um, this is a segment it's called carpenter segment. collaborators yeah we've got donald pleasance yeah. We've got Egg from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. We've got Wong from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. I think the actor's name is Dennis Dunn. Yeah, I think that's I think that's correct. It's something like that. Yeah. Um and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but you but they're three very big characters in this movie. Right, right, right. And uh there were pretty big characters in Big Trouble in Little China. Like yeah. it's it's interesting that uh these three actors did the movies like back to back. And I also thought it was interesting the way that uh, he it seems it seems to me like John Carpenter has kind of a kind of a focus on China in some weird way. Well, because, certainly from the last movie. Well, even from this movie, like like uh, Egg is like the theoretical yeah. physics professor. Uh, you've got uh, Wang Wang Yan or whatever his name was yeah. uh, from Big Trouble in Little China, Dennis Dunn, and um, a oh, lot of the oh. main a lot of the main characters in this movie are Asian in some way too, and it just like is surprising that like he's leaning on Chinese stuff. Yeah, but there's no real mention of like Chinese mythology or anything in this movie. The only mention of like anyone being Asian comes from Dennis Dunn's character. Yeah, to uh, one of the other Asian characters who I forget her character's name. Uh, but yeah, to kind of hurl at them as an insult, which is it's weird. I mean, I guess maybe we'll get to that part. But <laughs> yeah, it's, there's there's a lot to be talked about there. I guess. Yeah, uh, for anybody who wants to dive into this movie, it's maybe a little insensitive. It, it, it definitely, but it, but it, it, the the ways in which it's insensitive present themselves in so strangely. They they really kind of pop out at you in yeah. weird ways where it's like you're you're sitting there and you're enjoying a movie and some guy's like you're gay and it's like huh <laughs> oh yeah because even Dennis Dunn's character says something about homosexual panic yeah remember that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it down yeah me too because <laughs> <laughs> it was just crazy um so then yeah so we see uh i mean we're just gonna be calling him egg right yeah totally yeah 
Professor Egg, maybe, because he's, he's a Egg. professor in this movie. His his name is Professor Birok in this movie, but I wrote oh, okay. Professor Birok equals Egg, so okay. I say Egg. Okay, let's call him Egg. Yeah. Uh, he's teaching a class, a very small class, by the way. It looks like there's only about five people in that class. Yeah. The class is about reality or the nature of reality. He keeps talking about, like... At the subatomic level, our logic breaks down, and you know, yeah, like, what he, we think is real isn't real. It seemed like he was talking about maybe quantum mechanics or something like that. Yeah, because that's what I wrote down as like quantum mechanics, maybe. But it, like he was like really being as vague as possible. Yeah. Well, and someone says later that he, when they're talking about like how like hard his classes or whatever, they're like, well, he wants philosophers not scientists so like yeah i guess he's talking about things in a theoretical way um which is then interesting that <laughs> donald pleasance comes to him to be like you have to prove this thing with hard science yes you use, a man who is not known for proving things with hard science have to do this use your philosophical science to prove this um oh and oh, right away we start to get shots of like lots of ants yeah i think we see mustache man yeah, that's that's what I wrote down was uh uh the bugs are agitated. Yeah. Which egg, I was Egg has a briefcase. The bugs are very <laughs> agitated by this. Yeah. Okay, so cuz we see Mustache Man walking around campus. Yeah. And he looks like 40. Yeah. Which by the way, the ages of the students seem all over the place. Yeah. But that's I mean, I guess that's fine cuz they're all like PhD students, so yeah, some totally. of them probably would be older or whatever. But um He's like walking around and he sees our main woman whose name I can't remember, the redheaded woman. Oh, I definitely don't remember her name either. But he sees her and he immediately starts like creeping on her with his eyes. Like he is like staring hard at her. Oh, he's like eyeballing her like yeah. so hard. And it's it's a little creepy. And then it and immediately following that is a shot of like him walking past and in a giant insane anthill. Yeah. And I was like, okay, something's going on with this guy. <laughs> I like, thought it for, seemed during that shot, I thought for sure I was like, okay, so this guy is stalking this woman. Yeah. Or I was like, is this guy the devil? Like, yeah. you know, like it's just pairing imagery with him that makes you think that he's fucked up somehow. Well, he's got that insidious mustache. What kind of man has a mustache? I know, it's gross, right? Ugh, it's disgusting. Gross. Ugh. Ugh. Especially a blonde. I know. Oh god. Oh, man. I mean, brunette mustaches are fine. Yeah, they're nice. But 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 blonde ones, no way. That's right. When it it's it's nice when it's us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um and then yes. Oh, and also the the credits, it keeps intercutting through different things happening and then cutting back to credits. Yeah. Um, the credits go on for like 10 minutes. Yes. This it's is crazy. This is another one of those. Uh, wasn't it the fog that went, uh, the credits went on for yeah. like ever and ever. This one's right. credits go on for a really, really long time. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and they're kind of cutting, they're cutting around because, uh, there's one, there's one point where, uh, the priest goes down, uh, way down underneath i guess the sanctum and there's lots of unattended candles around a green <laughs> vortex right right, right. well but we, but the priest has a big flashlight yeah that's right well he also we find out what was in that that little treasure chest which was a, a big old key yeah and when he very first walks down to that door he's carrying the treasure chest like under his arm and then opens it to reveal the key and then unlocks the door and is like why can't you just carry the key in your pocket man yeah and because later on he does i i mean 
I I like the aesthetic of the tiny treasure chest. I appreciated it. Yeah. But I agree with you. I don't know why he takes the treasure chest to the door. Right, right, right. Leave the treasure chest somewhere else, bro. Right. You only need that key. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so then I think we we see the mustache man. He's walking around campus at night, and he sees red-haired lady. Yes. We are doing so bad with character names on this episode. It doesn't matter. They don't even say the character names that much. They they barely name anybody in this, and I had the subtitles on, so sometimes the subtitles would name people, so I know a couple of their names. Okay, okay. Please point them out when you do. That's how I knew about Professor Birok is because it was like spelled out for me. Yeah, that's totally fair. Outside of the rest of it, it's like, yeah, mustache man, redhead lady, uh, glasses girl. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Um, but so we see Mustache Man. He watches red-haired lady go into a one of those one of the school buildings at night, and then he like gets the idea. He's like, "I'm just gonna post up on this tree and wait till she comes back out." Yep. Not knowing how long it might be. Yep. Good news for him. It's only about thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, and then she comes back out with a guy. Yeah. And then he gets like he looks like he's pissed off. Yeah. But that never comes back into play. No, um, it ne- literally never comes back. Yeah. There is a really cool shot in that scene, though, where he looks up at the moon. I don't know if you if you caught this, but it's like it's a shot of the moon, and then it like rack focuses to be a much closer focus, and you can see that there's like a a leaf on a tree that's like pretty much obscuring the entire moon. It's really weird and really cool, and I've never seen anything like it in another movie. No, I, I, I didn't really notice that shot. I noticed it's very cool. I noticed the moon, yeah, going down the entire time, and I'm sitting here going like, "What's up with this eclipse or something like?" Right, because it keeps showing the sun and the crescent moon like right next to it. Yeah, which I guess is meant to be a sign of impending doom. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was waiting like, is this like an eclipse thing? Like that's what I thought too. That's that's what I was thinking for sure. But it's not. Um, why did I write down? I have a note that says, what is this machine? Oh, 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 oh. That's when I think there's a shot of, I think Donald Pleasant's like, he's writing a letter to Professor Egg. Yeah. But he's not writing it. It's like what looks like an automatic typewriter, but it's like literally automatically typing. Like he's not pressing any keys. It's just like, but it's making it's making it out like it's a. <laughs> Do you know? Did, did you see I, that? I must have missed that part too. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's some piece of weird '80s technology. The only thing I could think of was like maybe he hand wrote a letter and then he could scan it into a thing and then it's printing it out. But that that seems beyond '80s. Yeah, technology. exactly. But he 100 percent wasn't. Maybe it was just meant to be a typewriter. And Donald Pleasance was like, "I'm not going to pretend to type." That's <laughs> like, right. You know? Like, oh, it's a magic one. Who cares? So I don't know. I just thought that was strange. And then I believe. Uh, uh, so the priest, Pleasance, and Professor Egg meet. Oh yeah, I wrote that down because there's another. It's like uh, Professor Egg is like walking around campus, and he like stops, like look at because there's a lot of like characters stopping and looking at something ominous off screen in this movie. Yeah, which I like. Yeah, but he so he does that. I don't remember what he's looking at. Maybe he's looking at like a homeless person because that's also a big thing in this movie. Yeah. Um, but he stops and he's looking at someone. He's by himself in the frame. It cuts to what he's looking at. And when it cuts back to him, Donald Pleasance is already standing there next to him in the frame. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, taps him on the shoulder. Like Batman. He, yeah, like, exactly. Appears. Yeah. I was like, that feels like a very Dr. Loomis move from Halloween. I also thought, I was like, if you just took all of Donald Pleasance's dialogue from this movie and just pretended that he's talking about Michael Myers, it 
it would it would fit right in in Halloween. Oh yeah, hell yeah! <laughs> He's like the ultimate evil is being reborn. <laughs> <laughs> Needs a vessel to be more powerful. <laughs> That's a good Donald Pleasance. I like that. Thanks, man. I think I think I did it on the Halloween episode, but yeah. You mean, I I feel like you've been working on it. That's what I think. No, uh, it, well, it, I think I said this on the Halloween episode too. I, I tried everything in my power to not just make it an impression of what Matt Gorley and Paul Russ do on their podcast about Halloween. Yeah, but it's definitely an impression of what they do on their <laughs> podcast about Halloween. That's the best kind of impression, in my opinion. Um, more ants. I wrote down. Oh, right, because uh, stop me if I'm missing something here that you have in your notes because I feel like I'm skipping all around. But the movie kind of does that too. Yeah. Um. But Mustache Man is practicing card tricks in his apartment by himself. Yeah, that's the way that it appears. Yeah. I also there was also a pretty uh, killer sexist joke, quote that, unquote. I feel like that's that's coming up a little bit later. I think oh, was yes. that later? Well, I only I only know that because I, every time there were ants in the movie, I it was a very very big deal to me. Yeah, because I think you know this about me, but I am terrified of bugs sure i have a huge phobia of yeah. all bugs so this movie was very difficult to watch at times yeah i watched it in my bed with the covers up but i also like had to like put my hands over my face and, and look through my fingers and out of my glasses you know a few times like when bug stuff was happening that's right and you puked in the bed during a part uh, a Many little times. later yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but this was also why i thought they were saying like mustache man was like an evil guy because he's watching a he's watching TV, he's practicing card tricks, and then like and first of all, he looks weird. It looks like a shot from Taxi Driver. Well, he he kind of plays a lot like a robot in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, he's really like this That's like what, kind yeah. of like stern like like one dimensional like, character. Yeah, like just blank. Yeah, I really really thought for a large chunk of this movie that I was like, oh, it's gonna be revealed that like he's the devil and he's overtaken someone's body and like you know like. Oh, that was my thought process too. Like yeah. just, like just his, just his blank, icy stare on a lot of stuff, and that yeah. creepy, horrible mustache on a blonde, Ugh, blonde Ugh, mustache is no God. thanks. But like in his Kill apartment, you, you see there's like a colony of ants, like on the back of his computer or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? I guess ants rule the world. I don't know because well, that, that never, true. that doesn't really. I mean, there's a lot of ants, but it that never really comes. back back into pl- i mean the like the, the insect do, thing does but not but not like the ants not specific well kind of there's a there's a line that professor egg says later on comparing like worker ants to oh i guess that's true and i think i'm we might i might have talked over it because <laughs> when i got here because that was a part that i watched with you yeah um i think then i think we're basically now at the point to um the sexist thing yeah um, there, I, I have a, I have a note. They want money. Oh, right. Cause, uh, okay. Was his name Wong or Wang in Big Trouble in Little China? I think it was Wang. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's talking to red haired lady and she's trying to explain like Schrodinger's cat and quantum and stuff like that. And he's just like, he's like, what? Like, I don't get it. This doesn't make any sense. You know? Yeah. And, he's, and then he's like, tell me why I want a PhD in this. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh, wait, I want to be a millionaire when I'm like 40 or exactly. something yeah, like yeah. that. He's I like, was like, that's oh, right. he, he wants money. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't do like 
theoretical physicists, are they known for being millionaires at a young age? Oh, yeah. Everyone really? knows that theoretical physicists get to retire in luxury like super early. Okay. Well. Like they do some theoretical physics work. They make a zillion dollars and then they retire into their mansions <laughs> just like any teacher. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. One thing that I did notice, I remember saying in Big Trouble in Little China too, Wang, as a character, was very stylish, and yeah. I liked a lot of it. And he is in this movie too. He's got kind of the same thing going on. He, I, yeah. I, he was wearing like a kind of a jumpsuit thing for most of it, wasn't he? In this movie? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember a jumpsuit, but I I definitely remember like the first time. Well, not the first time. Maybe he was wearing a jumpsuit for part of it. But like when they're talking about where he where he wants to be rich, he's definitely got like that like. 80s throwback to the 50s vibe going on you yeah know, with like the like pleated trousers yeah and like a kind of a pink like fun print shirt you know that's blousey and stuff and but also like gold chains yeah i was like this guy's cool yeah it kind of made me think cool. of, i bet that actor just like i bet he just like john carpenter let him wear his own wardrobe to both of these movies you know oh yeah he, uh, john carpenter said Danny, bring your best gentleman's blouse to, stat, to set. <laughs> it's going in the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, he, and Donnie was like, I'm on it. Can I bring my gold chains too? And John Carpenter was like, oh, yeah. Only if you bring two of them. That's right. <laughs> Just the classy ones. Um, but I, I, I do kind of appreciate that, like, especially, I think, for an 80s movie, like, all these characters, all these characters are like super smart yeah and it would be would have been very easy to paint them as like being super nerds yeah but they're all pretty cool you yeah know, or at least they they i don't know they're, they're not like stereotypical like science nerds you know yeah and most they're they're pretty much all physicists i think so like they're they're pretty much all or most of the main characters like the computer girl and yeah glasses girl and redhead and uh wang they're yeah. all they're all physics people i think yeah i think because i think that's why i mean they're joined by other departments but i think that that's why donald pleasance wanted to get professor eggs students is because like they're all studying like yeah theoretical physics or quantum physics or something i don't know i'm something. i'm not a physicist I'm not either, and it's not really explained. It seems like one of those things where they're like, throw some mumbo jumbo in there, and people are like, oh yeah, it's like you know, like rockets or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you know, I think that it basically is what happened because I read that like John Carpenter like read a couple books about quantum physics, and he was like, oh, I want to, I want to use that. So, he, so he has like he's writing this movie with a layperson's understanding of quantum mechanics, but, but writing characters who have a deep knowledge of quantum mechanics. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, he's two books deep, and he's writing uh, experts. Which, by the way, watching it, I'm like, yeah, they seem like they know what they're talking about. I mean, they're saying stuff. That's, yeah, the, that's, that's the important thing. That is very true. Okay, do you want to talk about, yeah, where he where the, the sexist comment, that mustache oh, yeah. man? Yeah, the sexist, the sexist comment was, it, it felt like it came out of, like, left field. Yes, and it also felt to me like it was, like, furthering painting him as a villain. Yeah, right? Where he's like, like, uh, what, what was what was it that she was saying? Like, she, uh, he was talking to the redheaded girl, and she yeah. was saying something, and he was like, ah, get back in the kitchen, or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Oh, it feels good. Andy, come on, man. No, it's all right. Um, 
No, he, like, yeah, it's. I think she's she's talking about quantum mechanics, and she's saying like, you know, I I every time I feel like I get a handle on it, like then it just slips away from me, and then he like turns it into like a pickup line. He pulls out a a deck of cards. And he's like, you know, there are some things that are never changed by quantum mechanics. And then he's like, yeah. he's like, uh, yeah. So he basically makes a comment about like how pretty she is. Yeah. And then she rightfully is like, that's an extremely sexist thing to say. She just bluntly says it, which I was like, yeah, good for you. And then he says, <laughs> yeah, I'm a proud sexist. Yeah. And then she, of course, becomes angry. And then he says, Hey, what's the matter? I was just joking. Hey, just messing around. Yeah. Hey, where are you going? Well, you can't take a joke, except she doesn't leave. Yeah. You know, which she would have been justified to leave right then, but eighty style. Yeah. <laughs> she sticks around. Oh, uh, he's then a pig. She apologizes to him. Yep. Yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. So they're all physicists. Is the next thing that I have written down, and then oh, and then uh, mustache and redhead end up getting down. Yeah, and it's a hard cut to the morning after, much like in the fog. Just like in the fog. Except this is this is like, you know, uh Dirty Dick Nick yeah. and uh Jamie Lee Curtis's character just like they were together. Right. And then suddenly, yeah, they had sex, like they're just like in bed. There's almost like 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 that happening in that movie and then this happening in this movie makes me feel like it's like, I wonder what, like, John Carpenter's idea of, like, having sex with someone is like. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. you never see it. And then, but also it's like, oh, here's a man and a woman in the same place who have nothing in common. And one of them is kind of disgusting. Oh, they already had sex. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they're like, hey, what's your name? Yeah. I'm in love with you. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to follow you to the ends of the earth. Let's defeat this ghost horde. Uh, I wrote down creepy ant lady. Oh, is that where Donald Pleasance? Maybe he's at the church and he looks down the street and he sees. Yes, he sees a homeless woman in the distance. Yeah, who appears to be like praying to someone. Yeah, and then it cuts to a close up and she has ants crawling on her face. Yeah, very uh, very creepy. There's there's all sorts of cool stuff that start happening here, like uh, like the four women that get dropped off and they get they come out of the car and there's all sorts of the, there's those creeps and they're all staring at them. And they oh. come out, and two of the women are like, "What's up with those guys?" And the other two women are just like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Right, ha, right, right, ha, 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 ha. right. That's right. And they just like they just like start going in. We should say the the creeps are led by Alice, Alice Cooper because he's eighteen and he knows what he wants. <laughs> Guess what? School's out for summer. And you know what? He you're gonna feed his Frankenstein. <laughs> that's another Alice Cooper song, I think. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, okay, so I mentioned to you off mic that there's a funny story behind why Alice Cooper is in this movie. Yeah. Um, apparently, this movie was being produced by someone who was also producing like an like an Alice Cooper album at the time. Cool. And so Alice Cooper found out about that, and then he called John Carpenter, and he like he asked if he could come to visit set to see just to like watch them film a scene or something, and then John Carpenter was like. Sure, why not? And then when he was there, he's like, "Hey, uh, do you want to have a major role in the movie?" <laughs> yeah, um, a major non-speaking, a major role. non-speaking role, which is probably smart. Although I will say, the only time I've ever seen Alice Cooper act in it outside of this movie is in Wayne's World Two, 
Is it two or is it one? the original Wayne's World. Is it the first one? Yeah. And he's very funny. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe give him, give him some lines. Who knows, you know? That's, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. But he was just sitting there grimacing. And he was so much paler than any of the other homeless people he was around. Yes. Did you notice that? Yes. He had, like, he was like a white guy wearing white face. He looked like a ghoul. Yeah. Like he looked he looked very ghoulish. Definitely. But like, like high school play stage makeup ghoul. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Like very very powder a lot all of, over. A lot of powder. I'm talking white powder. Yeah. <laughs> this is a segment. We're talking white powder. Okay. This is a segment. Alice Cooper. White powder. White powder. There's no one that says white powder more than Alice Cooper. Look at Alice Cooper in this movie. You will never see anything that says white powder more than Alice Cooper in this movie. And that's been our segment. What a what a good segment. Man, it's a really just a killer segment. Um they walk through the church and like some of them are complaining about like how like they have to sleep there and stuff and like how it's like been abandoned. Yeah. But I was like, it actually looks really nice for having been abandoned for a long time. Like, oh yeah, because I, I guess that one priest who died at the beginning was living there by himself for thirty years. Yeah, and if he was the only guy taking care of it, he was doing a good job. Yeah, he was doing. Place a good looks job. good. I it's guess clean. I mean, priests they got to do something with all their days, right? That's true. That's true. I mean, they can't masturbate. Well, it's true. they're not supposed to. Well. Is there anything that says you can't masturbate? I guess there is, huh? What's well, a sin, isn't it? Hmm. Well, I guess not just for priests. It's a sin for everyone. Well, they say if you spill your seed, is there a way around that? Can you like eat your jizz? Contain does that it. does it count? Like that if you just like it. do circle of life, like catch it and just like swallow it back up? I would love it. Yes, I would love it if like a priest gets up to heaven and God is like, "You shouldn't be here. Like you you did that a lot." He's like, "I never spilled a drop." That's right. I caught every single drop. Caught every single drop and back down the hatch. Yeah. Um, num, 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 and num, God num, was num, like, num. oh, why'd I put those loopholes in there? Oh, geez, you got me. Oh. <laughs> and then you get to go into priest heaven, which is the best heaven. Wow, yeah, priest heaven. That's right. It's, it's just you and other priests. <laughs> just you and other priests yeah. banging around yeah. and doing what priests but do But the best, best part is that Judas priest is there. Oh yeah, so they have yeah. A, they have a good heaven. Well, they at least have like a good heaven flute player. Hey, up there, you're always living after midnight. That's right. You know what I'm talking about. And you're breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. <sighs> I'm so glad and that then, was a Jewish And then Jesus song. is leaning out the window, going, "Hey, you kids!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't 100 percent sure if that was a Judas Priest song or not, so I'm glad that it was. Oh, it definitely was, and you nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so there's one part where the glasses lady is trying to leave. What is that? What is that little station they're in? Is that like a, what is, what is that physics station that she's trying to leave? And then the guy's like kind of sexually assaulting her. Right, right, right. And, and she's like, and the guy's like, oh, what, what, what's up with her? And he's like, she's married. Yeah. Really married. Yeah. And it's well, like, yeah, you were just like, goes, you were just pushing married. her around with your fucking pelvis, dude. Like, yeah. what are you talking he about? He blocks her path from the, in the doorway. Like, yeah. That was where I wrote down and I was like, every man is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. They really paint them that way. Yeah. Um, 
again, it's bringing me back to being like, is John Carpenter doing that on purpose? Or like, does he just think it's funny? Or you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. There's also there's also a weird gay joke. I just wrote down gay joke. I can't remember which one it is. Oh, but um, there's but there's a handful of them in yeah. the early stages of this where it's like like the joke is like you're a homo and it's like Ugh. yeah yeah well that i i do remember the one specifically here um where it's it's um it's 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 wang and i think i think he comes into like the break room or break room or whatever it is and um he sees again i forget her name blonde woman yeah um <laughs> She's looking at the window, I think, at the homeless people, and then like she shows him that she has a bruise on her arm, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, it's just nerves." And she goes, "You don't get bruises from nerves, dipshit." You know? Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't say dipshit, but she should. She should. And definitely. then, and then he goes, "Well, you know, I used to get, uh, I used to break out in rashes when I was twelve. Doctor said it was homosexual panic." And then he walks away, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Is that a? Was he like trying to diss himself?" I, does he think that's a diss or does a movie think that's a diss? I don't know. I couldn't it, tell. It was such a weird line and I just wrote it down. I wrote down just homosexual panic with a big question mark next to it because it's like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, I guess I guess he would have been a kid in like the 70s, right? So, so in the 70s, they were like, well, actually it probably was. Homosexual panic was probably like a diagnosable thing in like the DSM or whatever oh yeah totally they should they should have given him a vibrator and a tincture of cocaine well they probably calm his nerves (laughs) it's got cocaine and heroin in it my boy you'll be fine 12 year old that's right take this and then shove the vibrating thing up your butt (laughs) um she starts translating the book you know like like professor egg like shows her the book and he's already had a discussion with Donald Pleasance about like Donald Pleasance being like, this is in several different languages and uh, there's parts there's that's been numbers written over and, written over and, and like, like, it's impossible. You know, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult to translate. And she, I think she mentions that she is a PhD student in like dead languages or something like that. Yeah. And she takes one look at it and she's like, yeah, I got this. No problem. And she immediately starts typing it all out really fast. And I was like, Oh, I guess I thought that was going to be harder, but yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess, that she could do it so well. But I just, I, I it was a surprise to me. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, and there's there's the there's a part where it cuts to uh, I think with all of the creeps, and there's a crucified pigeon. I think we're just about there, but we did skip over something that I really, really want to talk about. Okay, what is that? Um, Donald Pleasance when he's coming into the church after everyone's already there. He has that interaction with that that one homeless woman, um, which is very creepy. Like she like comes up to him and she like grabs his hand and she's like, "Oh, what you're doing for the church reopening it is so good, you know." Yeah. But did you notice like her voice? Like it keeps like it's getting like lower and lower. Like it's they they're pitching it down the more and more she speaks, and she only says a couple things. Yeah. But like the longer she talks, the deeper and like more guttural her voice is getting. It's I didn't notice super, that. I thought. I mean, maybe I imagined that, but I'm pretty sure that was happening. And it's super. And then he looks into like the cup that she's holding, and it's full of maggots. I saw. Th- I I saw that part. With I really like that weird fleshy thing in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Super creepy. I had to mention that because it was one of the more unsettling moments of the movie to me. Yeah, definitely. With all the maggots and stuff, and I remember watching that part and thinking, like, 
like he's automatically like, huh, something's trying to get me and not like, hey, why is your cup full of maggots? Are you okay? Do you need some food? Yeah. (laughs) Like, like like you're obviously homeless. Like, why do you have a cup full of maggots? Like, I don't know why he, I mean, it's gross, but I don't know why he immediately jumped to like demons. Well, this is, that kind of reminds me of like in like Christine when like Arnie's girlfriend is instantly like that car is trying to kill me because it hates me. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you're right. Yeah. But why would you think that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Um, and then I think we're at the crucified pigeon moment. Which there is, we go. Yeah. And then Alice Cooper kills the nerd. Yeah. With a half of a bicycle. Yes. Which apparently was something that he did in his stage act, I read. Yeah. Did you know about that? Um, not about that specifically, but he would always do like big like spectacle things in his uh, stage act where like you know stuff would get there. He'd get his head chopped off sometimes, really? or like yeah, he would always do like big like really like spectacular like kind of stuff back, especially like at the height of his powers. I never knew that. Yeah, he well, would no always... wonder him and John Carpenter got along. Oh yeah, he was he was big and like extreme back in the day. Like That's... people were scared shitless about Alice Cooper back That's in the so old days of like the seventies. Yeah, yeah. That's I I I never knew anything about that. I mean, like when I read that, it was like I read that like they put it in the movie because it was something that he did on stage. The the bicycle impale, and I was like, what What do you mean he did that on stage? Like he impaled someone with a bicycle? But I guess maybe yeah. Yeah, he would do he would do all sorts of like crazy stuff. It, it was very theatrical his show because apparently that was his his prop. Yeah. from his stage show that he brought to the movie and then yeah. put it in the movie, which also makes me think like, if you were a fan of Alice Cooper and you saw this movie, you must have been losing your goddamn mind for sure. And it also it also kind of makes you feel like how far away is Alice Cooper from being like Carrot Top? He's got like props and stuff <laughs> well, that, like that. That's what that made me think too. I was like, he was a prop musician i didn't even know that was a thing yeah man. right right where he's like he's like oh i can't go on stage without my guillotine in my fake head you know i kind of had my suitcase full of rubber chickens and that's right and a other clock, rubber chickens a clock i wear around my neck but there's only five minutes on oh, it oh <laughs> yeah i just i never knew any of any of that about alice cooper and i was a little bit confused when i read that but i guess I guess that was a retroactive segment of, uh, hey, Andy, can you clear this up for me? Hey, and that's that's been a segment. That's been a segment. Man, what a, what a good segment. I love that segment. When the guy gets stabbed, it is funny, though, because like he the, the bicycle only has a back wheel. Yeah. And he falls, and he balances, and he's kind of like, yeah, I was like yeah. good, that guy's got a good balance, man. He, he, yeah, right? He does some yoga. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a strong core. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then they start talking about like the crazy thing that, I think I think Mustache Man brings it up to Professor Egg about being like that whatever th- that weird liquid is down there is basically organizing itself into a life form. Yeah. And I've got to say that just on the whole and I feel like we we might want to check the time because I feel like we're getting close to take needing to take a break. Let's take a break in the next couple minutes, yeah. Okay. But I want to get this point out. I want to say on the whole People are not nearly alarmed enough by this growing, glowing green liquid. Yes. It's swirling around even before they are, even before they find out that it's like making a life form. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. 
when when take when's the last time you saw a big cauldron of swirling green like glowing goo and thought yeah this is good no not not since the last time I cleaned out my toilet, you know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, I think it, with that, it's time to take <laughs> a break. Take, let's take a break. And we'll, we'll be right be back. back. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. And uh, we're just about, or, or, or well, we're still talking about the point where they're like, you know, everyone's first seeing the green goo and stuff. Yes, they're looking at the vat of slurry. Yeah, the which is growing, glowing green slurry, which is truly crazy. I mean, yes. the fact that it's just a big tube with like green slurry in it. Also, it's in the basement of a church. Yeah, like isn't that like if I saw that in the basement of a church, I would be like, "What have you guys been doing here?" Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing I think that you were saying kind of too a little bit is like, you know, like a lot of them are kind of like not having as big of a reaction to it as you would expect. Yeah. And I'm kind of of two minds about that, I think, because on the one hand, I'm like, if you actually believed that, like if, if, if you are one of these research students who is brought here and you know that you were brought here by a priest and yeah, this is all happening in the church or whatever. And you actually believed in like the devil and stuff. Then yes, you should be losing your mind and freaking out and being terrified. And on the flip side of that is if you didn't believe in any of it, which is kind of what Wang, he's kind of that guy who like is like this is all bullshit, you know? Yeah. Then why would you have any reaction? Why wouldn't you be like this is fucking crazy? I'm gonna go alert some authorities, you know? Yeah. And I guess a couple people do try to leave. And it doesn't work out well for them. That's true. But um, when also when I think Mustache Man says like, "Oh, it's it's not," I don't know. He throws out some scientific mumbo jumbo. But ultimately, what he says is that like, it's organizing itself into a life form. Yeah, it's making a thing. Yeah, I was like, whether or not you're religious, they should be contacting every single scientific organization in existence and publication. And oh being yeah, like. This is groundbreaking, like, and we are how we are observing it. Like, you know, like, yeah, they don't even have a phone in the church. Yeah, which I, I guess I get that because uh, I mean, if it was just one priest living there by himself for thirty years, he probably didn't have a phone. But like, and I know it was before cell phones, but like, you can't bring like a, a walkie-talkie or something, or a, or a radio phone or something like, like that. Like literally nothing. And, yeah, and you're sitting, you're sitting here looking at this big tube of green fluid that's making life a, a, a life there's no way to look at that thing and be like oh it's making something and not think it's making a monster well yeah true yeah, there's yeah. literally no way to look at it and think like that's not a monster like, right exactly you'd be ridiculous to think that right okay so oh they they do say something about Oh, oh! You were just about to say the the priests then sort of cops to something. Yeah, so there's some pretty cool Christian revisionism that goes on here, which I thought was a lot of fun. And then the priest, pretty, it, I mean, what I wrote down is he cops to religion being a scam. Yeah, and kind of being like, well, like we didn't really like yeah. right on. Yeah, and he's kind of like he's 
Uh, he says we were salesmen selling a product. Yeah, uh, very uh, a very interesting angle to take, and especially for like something for a priest to be like, "Oh yeah, that's what we do here." Right, exactly. Like surprising. Well, <clears throat> I did like the way. Donald Pleasance was playing that because it seemed like he was like full of regret, you know. He oh, was, for like, sure. Like he played it very well, but it also it definitely did have a thing of of like he kind of clearly tells like okay, John Carpenter is just like hates Christianity. It, it it actually reminded me a lot of like what happens in a lot of Stephen King things, which is like because that's kind of a common thread in Stephen King yeah. stories and stuff is like Christians are evil, you know. Yeah, which I'm not gonna argue with, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't super argue with it either. But it uh, does it does come across as sort of like an airing of grievances almost where it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, it, you caught us. It was a scam all along. And right. Like, oh, you priests. We knew it. Right. And so then while he's revealing all of that, Susan, and I only remember her name because they make kind of a running joke out of it. She's she's down there by herself looking at the thing and she gets sprayed in the face with with green devil jizz. <laughs> Devil jizz. Is that fair uh, to say? There's, there's a. Eventually, it turns into puke, right? Yeah, but at this first time, I think it comes from the ceiling. Yeah, I'm not. I so it's yeah, puke, I guess, but yeah, it's whatever it is. It's some kind of jizz, and it falls into. Doesn't it? Does it fall in her mouth? It sprays. It sprays on her on her face on her, in her mouth, and she like looks like she's gonna like die. She's like choking and stuff. But yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But then she doesn't die. Yeah, she becomes possessed. That's right. And then I just couldn't get over the the idea that, like, I guess they must say this in the dialogue because I wrote it down, but, like, they keep coming back to this idea that, like, this, the Brotherhood of Sleep, which was the, 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 yeah. the priest that died that we saw, that was the sect that he was a part of, right? Yeah. They were keeping... Okay, we got to talk about it. Okay, this is a segment. This is a segment. It's called We Gotta Talk About This. We Gotta Talk About This. This is, like, the underlying plot of this entire movie yeah so the brotherhood of sleep is an like an ancient order and they are keeping prisoner not even satan but satan's father or satan and satan's father they're keeping them both prisoner i am not clear on that it was a little it was a little confusing yes but i but okay but so like but that's why the life form that is the green goo, right? Uh-huh. I think that's Satan. Yeah. That's the Prince of Darkness. Obviously. And eventually, and well, obviously we'll get to this part, but eventually when it is able to come back in some form, its goal is to free its father from the mirror dimension. They mentioned something about his father being like a, they mentioned okay, something about it. Okay. Yeah. But it's, yeah. The reason, but they also say, and this is what I really wanted to get at, was that like they say that like the reason that the Brotherhood of Sleep, what, which by the way, that'd be a really cool band name. Yeah, for sure. Like a, like I'm, I'm imagining like a, uh, like a, oh, what is that? There's a subgenre of metal. I think there's a band called Sleep. Yeah. That is like they're that. like Doom band. Doom. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Like Doom metal. Yeah. You got to be called Brotherhood doom. of Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, they mentioned that like the Brotherhood of Sleep was keeping it a secret mm-hmm. for such a long time because they didn't have the technology to prove that it was real. Yeah. And that's why they need all these like research students and stuff. 
because that's, mean, that's what crazy, that's right? what religion has always relied on is technology to well, that's prove what, that yeah, it's exactly. true. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so crazy about this movie is that like the priest is like, now's the time we have the technology, like six million dollar man style to like, yeah, yeah, we can prove we can finally we can prove to the world that like, the devil is a physical entity, not just a spiritual entity. You can see on my paper right here. Uh, at the beginning, I wrote down <laughs> religion v. science. Yeah, well, what? But, I mean, in a weird or, way... Or are they together at last? That's what I was going to say. In a weird way, this movie is kind of being like, oh, but they're one and the same. You that's know? right. Ooh, it's yeah. a rich tapestry. It's interesting. It's beautiful what Jesus created. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's been that segment. That's been that segment. Yeah. Um. So, uh, there's another weird... Uh, my next note is the weird uh, pass for Asian uh, thing that uh, that Wang says to the lady, and I wrote down at least a white guy didn't say it. Yeah, I think amazingly I didn't write that down because I think I was hung up on some other stuff. But um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It, it's I don't understand what that joke is even supposed to be, and I don't really understand why she was pissed either. I don't understand specifically why she was pissed, but I do feel like if I was in her shoes, I also would be pissed. It's by the context, it's obviously a slam. But I don't the, really the weird I kind of don't really get what he's getting at. Like is she I not Asian enough? Like because yeah. maybe she was born in America or is it but like ha- he but he also doesn't know her. Yeah. They don't know each other. Yeah. Like so, th- that might have been their first interaction ever, actually, now that I'm remembering it. So maybe he's just being an asshole. I think he, I, I think he is. Well, I think even Mustache Man calls him out later on for being. He doesn't full on say you're being an asshole, but he says you're being asshole-ish. He's like, "Hey, you need to stop being so racist to other Asians." And he's like, "But I hate Laotians." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a um, whole thing. So then one of the guys, Wyndham, and I, I don't remember why I remember his name, but I do. He tries to leave, and a couple other guys try to talk him out of it, but they are unsuccessful and they go back inside and then he's going to leave. But then he gets, Oh, I think then he sees Susan and she's like standing out of the railing, like looking out at him. Yeah. And then he gets surrounded by the street people. I think that's how they refer to them in this movie is the street people. I always call them the creeps. Yeah. The creeps. Um, Alice Cooper does some heavy breathing. Yeah. And someone runs at him with a, one half of a pair of scissors and stabs him a bunch of times. Yep. Oh, but he also sees that like Susan's hands are covered in bugs. Yeah. I wasn't looking too closely, so I, I'm pretty sure these weren't ants, but I think they were like they were like roaches or, or roaches like or some beetles like or something like yeah. that. Some kind of well-behaved bug that they could put all over an actor. Yeah. And what was so crazy about this though is that like the person with the scissors is stabbing him a whole bunch of times. Yeah. But there are also like a bunch of roaches and shit at their feet that they are all clearly stepping over like you know like yeah and like i'm standing on like a hill of roaches yeah and just squashing them under the feet while she's stabbing him this was one of those moments where i really couldn't watch yeah that was uh that was pretty cool uh i i was trying to i was trying to figure out what that guy's name was i wrote down his name as mr kaka because I swear he said caca two yes. or three times before he got stabbed to death. And I was like, 
what the fuck kind of line is that? He does. Okay, I wrote that down too. Because yeah, when they're when they're going back inside, they're like, well, we're gonna go. You can leave if you want, but we're gonna go back in. And he goes, you guys can't really believe this, right? This is caca. Yeah, and it then, is and caca. Then he, and then he says it to himself. He's like, caca. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what the fuck kind yeah. of? Who writes that? Yeah. What? I what guess in the uh, world. Martin Quartermass writes that. Hey, you know what? The guy got stabbed, and so I guess justice was done. And then that we see our first VHS nightmare. Yes, this is our this is our dream. These were that like recurring like dream thing. Yeah, which gets explained a little bit further on. A little bit. Um, that was my favorite stuff in the movie. Like, oh that, yeah, like for sure. Each time that happened, for some reason, that was the most unsettling thing to me in the movie because like it it it's clearly a VHS. Yeah. I, I, I read that they like they filmed it on tape and then they actually like to put it in the movie they filmed it off of a TV screen so it like looks really so it, looks, it kind of looks like an early 90s like skate video like skateboard it, video that's that's exactly the aesthetic that I was thinking of was yeah, like, yeah it looks like 1994 like some kind of like super eight like like skate video like that you like pop in yeah, like, yeah. it's got like that grainy quality right. and then uh but you're hearing terrifying a terrifying voice over it yeah being like this is not a dream yeah I, I mean and i think you're probably meant to think this but i thought that that was like satan trying to communicate with people at first you know that's kind of what i was thinking too yeah. uh but then it was talking about the year and stuff like that and it yeah, was like yeah. okay so there's like a time travel angle to this yes like and later on, they straight up pretty much say, "Yeah, this is time travel." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they're sending messages back via tachyons. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole thing. But before they get to that, people start getting attacked, and there's a lot of puking in the mouth. There's a lot of puking in the mouth. That's that seems to be the way that they uh, the the Prince of Darkness. What it, what is this? Is this a is this actually a ghost? Or is this like a the Prince of Darkness? Yeah, like what? It what is that? Like, I don't know. Well, that's that's Satan. Yeah, but like, like he's doing like the puke in the mouth thing. Is that oh, like a bacteria? I, I like that's just yeah. I feel like that's one of those aesthetic things that I was like trying to figure out. Where it's like, okay, okay. so like they spread the possession by puking in the mouth. Yeah, because that is like, um, th- that. Okay, maybe this is a segment. This is a segment. This is called. Dr. Egg Explains. Dr. Wait, sorry. Egg Explains. Sorry, 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 sorry. Professor Egg Explains. Professor Egg. I like it even better. He's probably a doctor. He's probably a doctor. Um, he has several moments throughout this movie where he had just has to, like, like very... Co- I, I was feeling for him as an actor, like, having to very confidently say the most nonsensical exposition yeah. ever. Um, but also make it sound like it has like gravity and he did it so well every time like, yeah. that you believe it. Um, but this was one of those things I think where he was saying like, cause this is going on later on when he's looking out at the window, he's seeing like a colony of worker ants and he's like, he gives the thinnest explanation of like, Oh yeah. He's like worker ants. Uh, they don't know what they're doing, but they know what they're supposed to be doing and they know why they're doing it and they don't know who's controlling them, but someone's controlling them and that's like us right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so I think that's the explanation, I guess, for like the, the, the possession puke because Mustache Man even says like, what is it like demonic possession? And he goes like, sort of, <laughs> but not really, but scientific demonic possession, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, demons are, I guess, 
transmitted via puking. Yeah. Which looks disgusting and rules. It looks... it. Yes, both actually, of those. Actually, I guess the idea of it's disgusting because the way that they actually do it is very funny where they open their mouth and it's like a... it's Clearly like a, full, a hose from the other side of their like face. Just a perfect little tiny hose like yeah, flying yeah. out of the... Like made to look like it's flying out of their mouth. So it's just like... Like they're like a squirt gun. I mean, I, I yes, absolutely. They're like, yeah, <laughs> but I I was like in my head like comparing it to like because in the thing that sort of happens too. Like the 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 thing alien creature squirts its stuff at at the dogs at least you know. Oh yeah, and like in that movie you actually sort of see it come out of the body of the thing, and in this one it's just like it's like the oldest filmmaking trick in the book. You know, it's yeah, where it's just like perfect profile shot of someone they just open their mouth and there's clearly a hose on the other side of their face yeah it's like what you do to trick a kid when you're like i'm gonna swallow this pencil and you're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't know i just it's the like the effects like that weren't in this movie and i don't think they were going for that kind of thing like they did in the thing yeah we'll get to some like really good like makeup effects later on oh yeah yeah for sure um so i don't mean to like be like digging at this movie i just mean it's it's just funny that they like made that choice i guess it it was very strange because so much of this seemed so high production value like like so much like quality but then like it's like all right we need to make it so that they're like puking in people's faces and it's like yeah just do it like a like a like a perfect little squirt gun right shot like that should we use any kind of like viscous liquid no we'll just use water yeah just blast them right in the face and they'll be like yeah. <laughs> um okay um i do remember there's a part where donald pleasance tells professor egg about the the dream yeah um and because he knows what it is i guess because he read the professor uh, the sleep priest's journal yeah um and he's like yeah everyone who comes into contact with this thing with this thing has the same dream and it it's not a dream it's it's reality it's a thing that will have it's a vision of the future you know yeah um and i was just like you should have told them about this before they came in to do this sort of thing you know like they also during that time they implied that it was only being transmitted to people that were like close by them or something yeah, I think I I thought close to the the green slurry tube. Yeah, it was it was a little science fiction hacky. Like, I mean, it's fine. You don't need an explanation for everything, but it was like right, definitely right. like they're sending visions just to us. Right, right, like, right. Oh, in this church, right. Via tachyons. Exactly. <laughs> but the priest doesn't know about tachyons because he's not a scientist. That's he's true. A he's a man of God, so he thinks that Jesus does it like a fucking idiot. Right, that's right. <laughs> um Oh well I okay, I did write down one thing where they 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 haven't seen like a couple they haven't seen Susan and they haven't seen the other like the the bald guy. Yeah. The bald mullet guy. Yeah. That Susan broke his neck, you know. Yeah. They haven't seen either of them in a while. They go down into the basement where the green slurry tube is to look for the bald mullet guy. And they like, I think it's Mustache Man and Wang. They they go down, they look around. They look for about 10 seconds and then they leave. And then the camera like pans over to show you that bald mullet guy's body is just right there. 
Yeah. Like, I was like, you guys, you could have walked three more feet and seen his body. Yeah, hell yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, uh, there, was, there was a lot of uh, those kinds of, like, close calls yeah, yeah. inside of this. I think, I think this is when a blonde lady goes to sleep because she's like, I'm really tired. I need some rest. Uh, red-headed lady sees the bruise on her arm because I wrote down, like, at, at this point, the bruise on her arm has expanded to look, like, clearly, like, a cross. Like, obviously, like, a bo- it looks it's like pretty a, much a brand. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like a brand. And red-haired, red-haired lady is like, what happened? And blonde-haired lady is like, it's just a bruise. I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. No big deal. And red-haired, red-haired lady is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wake you up in 45 minutes because I guess they're only allowed to sleep in shifts for some reason now. I guess I don't know. Or I don't maybe, know maybe she just wanted a quick little power nap. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to this more later on. But you would think, especially if the priest knows about these dream messages, that you would want people to be sleeping way more so that they can receive the messages from the future. Get those messages, right? Because we don't even get the full message until the end of the movie. Yeah, and then we see the end. We see the message, and it's like, huh? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So the nerd girl goes to sleep. I've got um, the pray for death dude disintegrates into bugs. Oh, that was the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, he's like, he's like outside and he's like, like turning into bugs and he's like, Rah! and then I, like his yeah. leg falls off and then his head falls off and yeah. he disintegrates into bugs. That was super cool. He tells him a message or something, right? He's yeah, like, he says something about praying for death. Yeah, okay. And that's, I wrote down the pray for death dude. I liked, I, I referred to him in my, in my notes as bug man. <laughs> yeah, bug man. That's, um, I mean, he gets eaten by bugs. That's, you're, yeah. you're accurate. 100%. I liked I liked the vocal effect on his voice. Oh yeah. Like I thought it it, it sounded like if you, if you put that in a movie today I think it would sound kind of cheesy. Yeah. But I thought it was really cool. Oh yeah, it for sounded sure. Good. Um I think at some point around here we also see a computer lady typing like crazy on the computer, right? I think yeah, this is it's right around this time because Around this time, there's I wrote down green goo in the eyes and mouth. I can't remember quite what that refers to, but it seems like somebody else got gooed. Oh well, and yeah. then and then right around this time, we see that the blonde girl has a big pregnant belly. Wait, wait, wait! I think I think you're jumping ahead. Am I jumping ahead? I think so. Okay. Um, because we because well things. What I'm saying is things start happening because the yes. the Asian girl starts. Uh, she's typing on the computer and she was translating, but now she's sitting there and she's in a trance and she's writing, I live, I, I live, live, I, I live. live, over and over and over. A little bit of a, a, a foreshadowing to they live? Mm. Maybe. 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 Mm, let's Probably find not. out in a future episode. Um, but also, because then that's when they, so, so, so that then that guy, he finds her and he sees that what she's typing and then I think she no Susan jumps on him and like goes like to like when he's on the floor like like she's gonna kiss him yeah remember that yeah but then like she starts like I guess sucking out his life force but it's making just a very obvious like sound of us of someone sucking through a straw yeah did you notice yeah yeah (laughs) it was really funny to me hell yeah that was super cool um yeah then they mentioned the tachyons and that's when I was like yeah what bug or uh, time travel is a part of this then. Bugman. Um, oh, I know what you wrote when you when you were writing down the 
green goo from eyes and mouth. What's that? Because I wrote down fountain face. <laughs> yeah, there. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was. Uh, it was all of. All of that green goo was flowing down into somebody. The, the, uh, it was flowing up from her, I think. Oh, wait, was it going down? Was it going down or up? No, you're right. It was going down. It was like filling her up. I thought it was going up from her, but no, you're right. It was going down because that's what fills up her, her pregnant belly. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're right. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was wrong about that completely. And then she becomes uh, visibly pregnant and her skin starts to melt off. When she, be- yes. When she became visibly pregnant, were you expecting to see like a demon baby? One thousand percent. I was like, "What is she going to birth?" Yeah, I thought. When is she going to birth it? Yeah, like I gotta see. I gotta see that baby. I had. I. I thought something was gonna like come crawling out of her, and I was like, I do not want to see that. Oh, hell yeah. So I was relieved when that was not the case. Some practical effects spider baby comes crawling out of her pussy. Ew. Um, and I'm saying ooh because of birth, yeah, not because of spider babies. I'm saying just yeah, spider babies are fine. Regular human birth is like, ugh, give me a break. And the female anatomy, fuck, ugh. don't even Blech. look at me, Blech. get out of my face. Oh, and then okay, so so then Wang gets trapped in that, much like R. Kelly, he gets trapped in the closet. He's just trapped in the closet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. He starts, I guess he he stays in there for a while, right? Because then I feel like the sun comes up. It kind of seems like he's in there for at least like a few hours. It seems like he's in there for quite a while. Yeah. And so he's so he's in the closet and eventually he he can hear. Does he hear them through the wall or do they hear him? They hear him because he starts like trying to crack jokes at 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 Susan and uh, computer lady. Who are clearly like possessed, yeah, and just staying there staring at him. And he tries to like, I don't know, he's just trying to crack jokes or trying to hit on them or something. Yeah, but he's like, "Have you guys seen any good movies lately?" <laughs> and then in the in the next room, red haired la- red haired lady is like, "Oh, I think I just heard. I think, I think Walter is his name in this movie. Is that what his name is? Because I just remember the. Li- I, might, I might be wrong. Okay, let's call him Wang. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Wang, the Wang Man, the Wangster." Uh, the quote that I wrote down, the wall is pretty thick, but I can hear you clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this is about when I came over tonight and you were about at this point watching or just about to it. Yeah. Um, which as I, I didn't even think about that fact that like, I, yeah, they, they, they can hear each other very easily through the wall. They're having a comfortable conversation. There's no muffling. Nobody's screaming. But then they're like. Well, the wall's pretty. The wall's really thick. It's gonna take us a couple hours to get through. Yeah. yeah. And lo and behold, the wall has two layers of bricks. Yeah, exactly. Two layers of thick wood. Some stuff in between. Yeah, like yeah. it really takes them a long time to dig through there, despite the fact that they can really hear through that wall. <laughs> yeah, without having to really <laughs> shout that much. With, I mean, it seemed like they were not really shouting at all. Yeah. My my big thing was that with that was like. Why isn't he also trying to break through to, you know, to, to, you know, in the words of the door is break on through to the other side. You got to break on through to the other side. You try to run, you try to hide, but you got to break on through through to to the the other other side. side. Like they're, they're trying to get to him, but he should also be at the same time doing it. And I mean, to be fair, he does that eventually. Yeah. And very successfully. Yes. But like, 
in my mind at this point, I was like, well, I guess they have a table leg that has a piece of metal on the end of it. But but he's got one of those big old school maglite flashlights that are weigh like ten pounds. I I Just feel like slamming a ta- at the wall. A table leg would be no more or less effective than the flashlight. Like yeah. he should have been doing something. Exactly. Or just kick it. Yeah. You just start kicking. You've got feet, man. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. You, you uh, use those fucking giddy up sticks for yeah. something for something good in your life right. for once. Like kick through that wall, son. But no, instead what he does is he decides to tell a uh, a joke to the possessed women. Yes. A joke that is simultaneously racist and anti Semitic. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he tells, he tells, he tells several that I, his character in this movie tells several jokes that are like, Ooh, right. (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't be saying that these days. And luckily it's not a white guy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then I think, I think we see another VHS nightmare of the redheaded lady. Yes. Because this is where it says like. We are transmitting to you from the year one nine nine, and then she wakes up. Yeah, and you did the same thing that I did because I wrote it down in my notes, but I was watching this with you. Yeah, and you went, I think you said nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> gotta like, be. Yeah, because I also wrote down nineteen ninety nine with a question mark. Yeah, because like, what else is it gonna be? <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. one nine nine two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but this is also doing that that thing that we've talked about before where like eighties movies when they want to go into the far flung future, they just do like it's like twelve years from now. Yeah, hell yeah. They're yeah. like in the year fourteen years from now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything yeah. is crazy and people are flying around on jetpacks and shit. Right. <laughs> Which I'll tell you what, I think I maybe mentioned this when we were doing the Escape from New York episode. But um I think I was kind of saying like, well, maybe because in the 80s, like the Cold War was still a thing and like nuclear war was still like a possibility. So people thought that like even like 10 years from now, things might be totally, totally different. Yeah. And how crazy is it, you know, to think about that concept now. But now (laughs) the way like 2021 is starting out, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's give it 12 years and maybe we will be in an apocalyptic wasteland. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I definitely feel the same way where it's like. Oh come on! Like like after like fourteen years, and now it's like four years of Donald Trump, and it's like nah, it tracks. Yeah, like we sense. get we can get there pretty fast. Like it wouldn't take that much. Yeah, it wouldn't take that much <laughs> at all. Yeah, might yeah. <laughs> give us six months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Give us give us six months and an actual gas shortage, and see what the fuck happens. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is where I wrote down is like shouldn't they be trying to go to sleep so that they can hear the full message? Cause they all know by this point that that's what's happening. It seems like they should be trying to get the gist of the full message. But they keep like jittering awake and I'm like, no, lay down somewhere comfy and just take a long nap. Yeah. Get the full three hours of yeah. the message. Put on a I'm white noise here. machine. Exactly. Get the, get the message. Yeah. See the horrors that they're sending back. Yeah. The attacky on to your subconscious. Yeah. And then, because by the way, no, nothing in the message that we ever see tells you like, this is what you have to do to stop it. it just tells you what it this is. This is the future. Yeah, <laughs> this like, is the future. Great. You must stop it. Yeah. Imagine if you were like in like it, like imagine if it was like 1990, right? Yeah. And you like knew that you were getting a transmission from the future, and it was of 9/11. Yeah. And 
that was it. It was and it was like, this is the future. You're like, oh no, I gotta stop it. And you went like you got the message again. You're like, oh, there's no way of how to stop it. Why are you showing me this? Yeah. Like, come on, people in the future is all I'm saying. Yeah. Send us back something useful. Yeah, you gotta give some information. Like she's what 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 is what is the monster uh what's its weakness? What, yeah, what's its weakness? Yeah. Silver bullets. Get Great. some silver bullets early. Lots yeah. of silver bullets. And if that's what you're doing, start with that. Yeah. Like, like, like maybe even start with the words, this is not a dream, silver bullets. Yeah. Now let's get on to the rest of it. If you see something flying around silver bullets, that's all you got to say. Exactly. And then every, like, if everyone has the dream, they see something, some man or woman flying around. Like, well, now I know what I got to do. Fucking... It's a good thing my dream told me to make a bunch of silver bullets. Exactly. I'm ready to go. Yeah. People from the year 1999 have no idea how to send back time messages properly. They're a bunch of shits. Yeah. Man. All right. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I wrote down that uh, Professor Egg pretty much carries this movie because he, like and I said earlier, but he's doing so much of the heavy lifting in terms of exposition and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. He'll always jump in with like a like a tersely like. Yeah. Like a, a terse bit of like scientific mumbo jumbo. Right. And it is always mumbo jumbo. Yes. But the actor sells it really well. Though he is a philosopher more than he's a scientist. That is true. That is very true. So I guess it's philosophic mumbo jumbo. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and so now I think we're at the point where um, <laughs> I almost called him Loomis. Uh, Donald Pleasance is trapped uh, in the room hiding behind like a, I don't know what, water heater or something. I'm not sure what that was. It looked like he was kind of ducking behind a wall to me. But it, it moves later on. Maybe it is a wall. I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But he's ducking back there, and uh, there's the... Who's who's the guy who slits his throat? Do we know his name? I do not know his name. Well, I, I would call him Tall Guy. Tall Guy. The Tall he's Guy. he's very tall. <laughs> yes, he's very tall. Tall Guy, uh, if you'll excuse me. Oh, it feels good. Uh, I, tall I Guy. You. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> He slits his throat. Yeah, with a piece of a chair. With a piece of a chair. And then he comes back and he's got his neck all bandaged up. up, And the priest is hiding from him. And he seems to be looking for the priest until he notices himself in the mirror and starts to sort of cry and like stare at himself like a cockatiel. Yeah, he he cries, laughs. It was like those videos that you see of like a cat seeing themselves in the mirror for the first time, you know. Yeah, like like, it, like he he doesn't know I mean, he what doesn't, to do. Yeah, he's like sitting there, like like kind of like oh. oh you, you can't tell if he's happy or sad about it, but he's definitely feeling something. Yes. So he's sitting there, and Donald Pleasance is hiding from him for a while. Yeah, because, he starts reading the Bible. Yeah, and. Uh, the slit throat guy stays there until the melting lady shows up a little bit later on and she sees herself in the mirror also. Right. And begins to do the exact same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But we have, we have to talk about like when she actually like the melting lady, cause that's the perfect thing to call her. Yeah. The melting lady actually starts to like, cause she's been just unconscious in bed for a long time. Yeah. And she like opens her eyes and like starts to look around and it's real creepy and her makeup is real disgusting. 
She's um, melting. Her skin's melting, melting. off. Yeah. Like it starts off and she, uh, the first shot that you see of her, uh, she, she looks normal and then it cuts back shortly thereafter and she's got a big pregnant belly and she's starting to look like she has like the measles or something. Right. And then it cuts back again and now her skin's all coming off. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it, like, it's fully melting off of like her entire body and it looks super gnarly and super awesome. Yeah. It, it Yeah. This is, I think where the movie, and this is probably like the last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie. This is literally like the last stretch of the movie where yeah. everything really starts to take a head. That's what I was going to say. It really like kicks into overdrive here. Like this is where shit like, like all hell is breaking loose. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, for maybe. sure. I don't know. I, yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, um, so her skin's melting off of her body. She, I, I was waiting for that devil baby, but the devil baby didn't show. It's just that yeah. prego belly just like went away, which, which in a way is somehow creepier. Yeah. I think, I think Wang says something about like the, he says something, Thing, I don't remember what the line is, but it, it's some sort of explanation that like what was what her belly was filled with was she wasn't actually pregnant. It was filled with that green fluid, and then that has like soaked into the rest of her body. She's filled with the devil's cum. Yeah, basically. And now she's soaking it up like a yeah. sponge. Now it's like you know how like you can have like a blood alcohol content. Yeah, this is like a a blood devil cum content oh man and she was f- she was bursting you know she was, that she was way over the limit oh man you know that devil put her down uh 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 porno style yeah porno style porno style i i do want to talk about the moment where because when wang starts like he starts seeing that happening and then he starts screaming because of course like now he's like oh my god like i'm still trapped in the closet r kelly style and um so then Mustache Man is like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go out in the hall and go around to him. And he does. But when he opens the door, then I think Bald Mullet Man reaches in and like this starts to attack him. Yeah. But Professor Egg does something that was so mind-blowingly pointless to me. He picks up a soda can and a, and a single chopstick yeah. that are by his feet. Yeah. And then just the shot of him when he stands up, he has the, the chopstick in his mouth like he's Errol Flynn with a pirate knife. Yeah. And he's like shaking the soda can like fucking like as violently as he can. Yeah. I took a screenshot of that, by the way. Yeah. Hell I was yeah. Like, that's got, that's I gonna, remember that's this part. That's got to be on our Instagram. Um, and then like the, 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 the demon possessed guy starts to break in and then he like pops the soda can open and it sprays in his face. And guess what? It does nothing. Yeah. Stupid idea, Professor Egg. Professor Egg, what are you what are you tripping on? Yeah. You've been philosophizing too much. You need to do some math. But I mean, I just I was like I couldn't I was like, what what is he gonna do with that soda can? And I then had, he did what I thought he was gonna do. I mean, it was the predictable response. I was hoping that he was gonna have some like magic thing where he's like, Oh, if you get like a carbonated water and you stick a chopstick through it, it'll like explode. Like something sciencey, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, quantum mechanics says that if I do this, then it right. like dissolves a bunch of demons or something like that. But no such luck. No, it was just useless, and they they gave a lot of screen time to it. Yeah. Um, but then he does stab the th- the guy through the eye with a chopstick, and that kills him i guess yeah that was pretty sweet too that was good should have just done that in the first place yeah 
It's f- it's fun to spray people in the face with stuff, though. I guess so. Now, if it had been a daisy on his lapel and he had sprayed him in the face, that, now we're that talking. That really would have been fun. Now we're talking. I mean, that's some classic joke stuff right there. Oh, you know? man. You got to get, you know, with these kinds of movies, these old school 80s movies, you feel like you miss those classic jokes, like spraying yeah, someone yeah. in the face with a daisy that's on your lapel or maybe like honking a horn in their face. Or like throwing a cream pie at their face, you know? Yeah, or like yeah. having a rubber chicken and maybe hitting them in the face with it. Or like carrying a big two by four and there's two guys on either side of you and you keep turning around and they keep ducking and one of them keeps getting hit in the head and the other one misses it, you know? Yeah, there you go. Or maybe yeah. you like you have like a hammer and you see a guy and you hit him in the face with it. Right, or like you just have a knife and you just like stab someone to death really hard. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, you know, comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so then I think we have the the, the moment where M- Melty Woman, Mel- yeah. Melty Skin Woman, yeah, uh, she stops what she's doing because she sees like a makeup compact on the floor and it has a mirror in it, and she gets like. And by the way, I do want to say that everything with Melty Face Woman is very creepy looking like her makeup is terrifying oh it's horrifying yeah and her looking in that compact mirror and then she like sticks her fingers and like that through was the so mirror. Cool. it was yeah. like what is going on like that was my that was one of those things where i was like i was like okay like there's something because they, they they had they had pumped up the mirrors so much and now mm-hmm. she's actually doing something with the mirrors yeah and when she sticks her fingers through like it's very clearly, I mean, it's a, it's a really good effect. Yeah, but it's very clearly just like some poor actor having to stick their fingers into a vat of mercury. Yeah, um, I actually read something about that, um, which I'll talk about. But um, the, the, the five way- actors were harmed in the yeah, making exactly. of this movie. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Um, but like then the reverse shot of where it's just like a black void with her fingers coming through, I thought was even cooler. I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Super cool. Um, you know, apparently they like to get to to get the 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 like liquid mirror effect. They use mercury, obviously, but they they took it from the like cranes and dollies that they had on set. It's like these machines that I guess use mercury in some part of their machinery. They siphoned it from these machines <laughs> they and just siphoned it out of all the hydraulics off yeah, the set yeah, or that's some what, shit. That's what they did. That is, that is actually what they did, and That's, they just put it into a little thing. I mean, they did it with the with the giant mirror thing too. Yeah, and then I guess I mean I guess because the budget was so low, they siphoned it from the from the hydraulics of the machines that were on set, and then they said after they were done, they put it back into the hydraulics of the machines. But I was like, wink. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds much harder than taking it out to me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, especially like on a low budget film, it's like, well, we had to siphon mercury from all of our uh, equipment. And after that, like, you know, yeah, we put it back and you yeah, just yeah. like cut cut to John Carpenter just like dumping it in the gutter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like out in front of his house, just like oh, uh, I gotta hey, get rid- who, hey. Oh, I gotta get rid of this vat of mercury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, oh there's something else something else about that too. Oh, I'm sure this was the case with her when she reached her two fingers through the, the small mirror too, but when she put her whole arm through the the big mirror yeah it was like it was a prosthetics and i think you can kind of tell i mean it's moving but it so it definitely looks like like someone had like a, a protective thing over their arm you yeah know? but still i don't know if i was an actor i i still don't know if i would be like uh yeah i'll stick my hand in that vat of mercury sure did they really know that 
I mean, is did they know that Mercury was that dangerous back in those days? Because if they did, it seems like they would have maybe made a different choice. Well, they knew enough to have someone wear like a protective prosthetic, so it wasn't just like a bare hand. I guess so. But, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little fuzzy on how toxic Mercury... Well, I know you shouldn't ingest Mercury. Can you touch it? I don't think you're supposed to touch it. Hmm. But if you do, I don't know what's the worst that happens, you know? Well, I guess mercury poisoning. That's but like I a thought thing. that was from, like, ingesting it. Hmm, I don't know. Can it, like, soak in? Oh, I guess it probably can soak in through your skin. I mean, if you can't touch it, it seems like that would be a thing, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What about, like, being around it and, like, breathing it? But, I mean, you know, for such a long time, they use it in, like, thermometers. Like, my parents had an old, like, a mercury thermometer when I was growing up. That wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but that's, like, oh, boy. I don't know. But it could break so easily. Yeah, it's true. I guess you have to make sure it's not broken when it's up the baby's butt. Yes, thing you put them into people. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Mercury I don't know. Crazy. If you know anything about Mercury, hit us up at Real Donald Trump on Twitter or on <laughs> Parlor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, you know, or uh, if you have actual information, <laughs> <laughs> you can contact us on Instagram at my boss is John Carpenter or at my boss is John Carpenter at gmail.com. Tell us and, about Mercury. Uh, now, by the time you're hearing this, we have a Patreon page. We'll have a Patreon page going. Yeah. We're going to have some uh, some zesty nuggets up there. We're going to have some yeah. watch alongs. We're going to have all sorts of cool stuff. So check it out. That's right. Contact Contact us there. Um, unless you're someone who uses Parler. That's right. In which case. At real Donald Trump on Parler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at Tate Chitwood on Parler. What? No. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no one's supposed to know about that. Um, all right. I think we're about to finish this up. I was going to say we could take another break, but I think we're actually about to finish this yeah, up. Yeah, I think, I think we should just like finish this up. Um, Okay, the mirror dimension is really super cool. Um, Donald Pleasance finds a convenient fire axe. Yes, a very convenient fire axe that he's being kind of a little pussy about using under the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he yeah. he finds the axe and he's sitting there and he's watching the melting woman uh, stick her arm through the the big mirror. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going like, you take that little back end of that pointy end, you stick, you jam that thing right in your skull, like John Carpenter style, or right. just like any slasher movie. Right. And you go fucking dunzo. Right. Well, what does he do? He pussyfoots around a little, for a little while. And then he goes up and he cuts her arm off. Guess and what, what does she do? Grows a new arm. Which I really love that moment. I, I fucking loved that moment and I, I loved getting to see you see it for the first time i was like, like yes yeah you were losing your mind like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah oh it was fantastic that um, that arm coming shooting out of her body again oh yeah. man it's beautiful it's such a simple it's not i i hesitate to even call it an effect because it's clearly just someone in a shirt sticking their arm through the sleeve yeah but it looks so good yeah um and then he logically cuts her head off yep but what does she do 
grabs her fucking head off the floor grabs it up in one of my favorite movie scenes i've seen in maybe the last 15 years really where her head's sitting on the floor and her body just fucking picks it up and puts it back on her fucking shoulders like it's nothing that's the shit it it was awesome (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's really great it's awesome oh man and so then i think that like pleasance is kind of like oh shit well i'm fucked yeah um and then I guess he retreats to hide behind whatever wall or furnace it is again. Yeah. And then she, like, with her psychokinesis powers, like, squishes him up against the wall. Yeah. And then redheaded lady comes out, and she sees that... She, like, runs down the hall, and first she sees the mustache man is getting... Or he's grappling with um, tall guy. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm going to go help him. But then she runs past the room, and she sees that... Uh, melty face woman is doing this thing you know and and yeah. i think i think she kind of instinctually knows like what's going on she's like she's like well uh, up ahead of me is like the guy that i love i guess after fucking him one time yeah and in here is the end of the world yeah <laughs> like which one do i go for and she kind of spends a lot of time hemming and hawing over which one to go for well like under under the circumstances the way that it pans out i feel like it's a, worth a little bit of a hem and a haw though At the same time, if she had acted a little quicker, maybe it wouldn't have gone that way for her. Yeah, I'm not sure what she was doing up to this point, because I feel like last time we saw her, she was digging, trying to dig Wang out of the wall. Yeah, I think that's right. I think she was I think she was helping uh, Mustache Man like smash help smash through the wall is that right they, yeah i think so and I they think dug so they dug wang out they dragged him out and they threw the two women through the window <laughs> yeah after they they came through the wall and he wasn't even kicking him in the face either oh, no not at all that that part bothered me because they were like they were like obviously coming to get him but he wasn't trying to stop them at all he's just yeah, like yeah. like no flailing legs right, no right. like kicking or anything and they just like come through the, um the part about that that like got to be the first time I watched it and watching it here with you again was that like okay like it's it's clear when like a computer woman comes through the wall yeah they start they start pummeling her with bricks I mean yes. they start wailing on her with bricks they're beating the shit out of her with bricks and it's not really doing much no um and it's clearly a much larger stunt man hiding his face behind a wig like with pads and stuff oh that was my favorite watching watching the stuntman flail around as the girl like up against the blinds and yeah, stuff yeah. like that because it's obviously this huge stuntman it, it's, <laughs> it's clearly a stuntman but i gotta say like even watching it even the second time i was like something about this feels a little weird to me about seeing like two men beat the shit out of a woman with bricks. With bricks. She's like, she's like coming out of a wall, like escaping from something. Yeah. And they're like, hit her with bricks. <laughs> I, like, I know she's demon possessed and all that stuff, but like, there's still something very just viscerally upsetting about saying two men with bricks yep. beat the shit out of a woman. Yep. And they, they, they went after her too. And then they throw her out the window. Yep. And then they throw Susan out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So, but red haired lady, uh, she, she makes her choice. Yeah. And it's a difficult choice. Well, as we can see, there's like these cutting back and forth with Mustache Man and the tall guy. 
and they're fighting. And then the melting face woman has her arm inside of the mirror and you can see that she's holding on to something and trying to drag it through. And it looks like it's got like a big, like weird, like goat claw or something. I mean, it's and she's saying like, father, you know. Yeah. And it looks to me like it looked like the sort of like stereotypical, like giant, like devil because it's like red. Yeah, and it had yeah, it's kind of like a goat clawish or whatever, and like it was like it was like a claws? it was like a hoof with fingers or something. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, like yeah. a weird claw. And it's like, like bright red, like obviously like, obviously a devil. It looks like um, well yes, it looks like every depiction of a devil you've ever seen. I was gonna be like, it looks like Tim Curry as the devil in that one movie that he plays the devil. Yeah, Legend, he, I think is the name of the movie. It's it's a pretty straightforward Beelzebub looking sort of yeah. hand. It's it's a Beelzebub. It's it's a Beelzebub. Yeah. So uh, she's trying to drag it through and redhead woman hems and haws for a while. And then she goes and she pretty much she pretty much just body checks yeah. the melting woman and she and the melting woman go into the mirror. Yeah. Which then does it break? No, uh, Donald Pleasance says some Latin words and then he throws the axe at it and, and breaks it. Yeah. So the redheaded woman goes to hell. Well, question that, mark. This is like there's a really really cool shot. Yeah, I think she does go to hell. That's kind of it seems like what the implication is is she goes to wherever the devil is, which like she, if there's a Beelzebub, he's going to be in hell, right? I guess so. They say he's like, yeah, yeah, it's hell or the mirror dimension or something something, you know. It, it's it's a bad place, you know. Yeah, him and Emperor Zod are hanging exactly. out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um but there's a there's a really like that that final shot of her where it's it's her like the mirror breaks and then like you see her like reaching up through the blackness and the getting dragged down and they're like lights flashing and stuff yeah that is one of the coolest shots i've ever seen in any movie yeah that shit was sweet and I especially mean, the way the light like cuts off like yeah it, like it like goes into like blackout yeah. for her so like you totally get that it's like oh She's drowning she's gone. And, and gone. Yeah, yeah, like fucking sick. Yeah, when I when when that happened in the movie, when I was watching it the first time, and she dives through into the mirror, I was like, I, that was when I lost my mind. I was like, what? Like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah, hell yeah. And then yeah, that there's that shot. I don't know. I can't get over it. It's so great. Yeah. Um, and then of course, Mustache Man is very sad. Yes. Um, He's like, oh, I can't remember her name and nobody right. else does, but I want to fuck her again. Right. I only got to have sex with her one time. Oh, geez. I was hoping for at least two. Oh. One and a half. But then, uh, yeah, so then uh, we cut to like the next, or cut to sometime later, Wang has left it and he's, gone, he's got help. He's brought back the cops and fire department and stuff. And um, they're carrying out bodies and they're also carrying out Donald Pleasant's strapped, like strapped down to yeah. a stretcher. Yeah. Where almost to the point where it made me think that like they thought this guy was the cause of all of this. Cause like he has like, he is strapped down so hard that it was like, they think this guy is dangerous. Yeah. Hell yeah. But he doesn't think that. And like, he's looking up at like professor a and he's like, we did it. We did it. But then he says, I did it. Yeah. And I was like, back off buddy. Like, yeah. Hey, Red haired lady did it <laughs> yeah you, you didn't do that much yeah yeah you you fucked up a few times yeah and then you threw an axe great job i mean to be fair though gotta throw an axe sometimes i'm not discounting that but i mean it's it's very big-headed of him to go i did it yeah that's by def- myself that's definitely true and this is the second movie 
where I've seen Donald Pleasance where it seems like he's a little little pussy baby. The first well, being Escape from New Escape York. From New York, yeah, yeah. Where he's a little yeah. wiener boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, Poor and then guy. he also kind of like does a similar thing in that movie where he's like, Yes, I'm the hero. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I made it. <laughs> does he do that in Halloween too? Well, I guess in Halloween he actually does sort of save the day because he comes in and shoots michael myers i guess that's true boy halloween feels like so long ago that we watched that movie i know god We're almighty do a commentary pretty soon maybe to get a refresher on that movie i know for sure that'd be um, a good one that'd be a good one to do a watch to get the watch along on. it would be yeah. we'll do that we'll do that for yeah, sure we'll do it um okay so mr mustache man is all despondent about his lady disappearing into the the, the mirror dimension and uh, Professor A comes up to him and says something about like yeah, whatever, but he he says like she died for us. Yeah, I really wanted the first time I was watching it, and when I watched it here, like at the, the I I really wanted Mustache Man to have some line of of just like, what do you mean she died? She didn't die. Yeah, <laughs> she disappeared. <laughs> like, yeah, into a different dimension. Those are different things, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean. Not that it's like necessary, but I just like I don't know. Well, in the strictest sense, it's like like she died the way that like I guess like Jesus from the Bible died after he came back, where like she like Jesus just like went to heaven, yeah, and she just went to hell, right? Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, interesting. Are so, you saying there are religious parallels in this movie? Seems like it. Wow, I'm I'm just going out on a limb there to say like I thought. I think that one of the guys, one of the characters in this movie is a priest. I think. What? Yeah. And you know what that means? He reads the Bible and he doesn't fuck. What? I know. Crazy. It's ridiculous. You're talking about Mustache Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the one. He's a priest? Yeah, he's a priest. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. gotcha. Well, he's not supposed to fuck the redhead girl, but you know how priests are. Well, priests, oh, I mean, man. They're, they're Everyone's allowed a- one or Two or a dozen. Or They're two. always yeah, up to yeah. something. Yeah, 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 those guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the movie ends with the classic carpenter sting. Yeah. Of like, you think everything's been fixed. Yep. Although I will say, actually, this is a little bit different because even Professor Egg says, like, before that happens, he's like, you know, we stopped it here now, but he's still on the other side waiting for us. You know? Yeah. So, like, you know something bad's going to happen in the future. Yep. But then it ends with Mustache Man. What happens? Oh, he gets he gets that dream broadcast again. Yeah. But this time in the broadcast, instead of a mysterious hooded figure, you get to see clearly redheaded lady. The redheaded lady who does a super killer, like, weird, like, freaky float towards the camera. Yeah, yeah. Big old sting. Like, yeah. fucking cool. Oh, man. I loved that. I yeah. was like, holy shit. I loved it, too. That's so good. I mean, like, that is oh. such a good ending. Loved it. And then he wakes up from that nightmare, and he rolls over, and he sees redhead lady, but melty-faced yep. in bed next to him for a split second. Yeah. I mean, you don't even really get a look at it. Yeah. It just happens. And then he wakes up for real. Yeah. Or does he? Or does he? And then he walks over to the mirror and slowly, slowly, slowly sticks his hand out towards it. And just before he touches it, the movie ends. Darkness. Blackout. So yeah. So good. I love this ending. 
I I really really like the ending. Like the, the movie, the movie, the movie on the whole was generally like a slow burn, but once it started hitting, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, melty face. Right, Dev, devil person. Like lady gets her arm chopped off and it grows back like a freaky octopus. Yeah, like, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Um. Okay. Bef- uh, we we got to do the um the carpenter scale. Yeah. The the recommendo scale. Recommendo maybe. scale. Um. But but real quick before we do that. Something that I want to touch on that I feel like I've I've been uh, sort of forgetting the past couple episodes, and I meant to actually do it in proper tonight. Yeah. But I I I didn't prepare myself well enough. But I want to just touch on it is the Carpenter verse. Ah yes, the so Carpenter verse. This, this is, is a the segment. segment. It's the Carpenter verse. Um, because the like this movie has huge repercussions for the Carpenter verse going forward. Lay it on us, Tate. So this movie takes place in 1987 yeah they stopped the they, they stopped satan from coming back right uh-huh the implication being i guess by that final nightmare that like okay well satan is still gonna come back in 1999 also known as 1999 uh but this time in the form of redheaded lady mm-hmm. right that's what that final nightmare is yeah. saying right yeah but the very final shot of him reaching toward the mirror could implicate that maybe he's going to reach through and into the mirror universe. Yes. And bring forth the devil sooner. Yeah. Right then. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But this is in 87 and what do we know happened in 1988 in the crime rose 400% in the United States. That's right. Yes. Why would that happen? Unless devil, devil. he came back to do bank robberies and jaywalking and bank fraud and larceny. Yeah. And and petty theft. Yeah. And definitely lots of voter fraud. That's real voter fraud. That's real underage smoking. Everything. Oh, man. Driving a cab without a license. Oh, driving two cabs with only one license. What? I know. He's a real dastard. So here's what I'm saying for the Carpenterverse. Yeah. And I will do some more research before we have our next episode. But here's my theory for this time. Yeah. The devil came back at the end. Mustache Man brought the devil back. Yeah. And that's why in 88, all crime rose 400%. Mustache Man bring devil back. Crime go up. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And then sometime in between that in 1997, uh, they were able to send the devil back to hell or something like that. I don't know. So devil's not a thing on Earth anymore, but uh, the, the like the chaos and the, the terror that he rained down are still very much a thing on Earth in 1997 by the time we get to Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. They'll have taken that's over it. Manhattan Island. Yeah. The pre- president. Well, that's, well, why do you think there's a? Uh, oh, sorry, we're going to. Oh, I was going to say, President the Priest will crash land there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there may I I will have to do some more digging, but there there may be the possibility that Donald Pleasance plays the same character in Halloween. This and hey, now you're talking. I like that. He could be Doctor Loomis throughout all of them. Yeah, that's true. I like that. Yeah, because he also says in Halloween, I think that like. Michael is pure evil, and and then like Michael like gets shot like six times, and then like also is fine and escapes. So yeah, maybe Michael's the devil. Hmm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to like sort of like 
revise my carpenter verse and bring the devil as a known entity into the knowledge of the previous carpenter verse things you know yeah you're gonna maybe to... the white warlord from assault on precinct 13 and a half is the devil that's true yeah and he's all wasn't he also mr peter pan yes yeah and he seems like the devil oh for sure yeah so uh, in summary, Tate's going to go home to his big wall covered in pictures and pieces of red yarn oh, yeah. to put together the carpenter verse tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and not going to sleep for the next three days. That's, I mean, I, I like it. I respect it. And I think that you should not sleep for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, I, how about this? I won't sleep until we come back with our next episode. Hey, and now when you're we talking. do, I will have a revised and complete so far carpenter verse for you andy and for the listener this is turning in it's turning into quite the sparkling universe too this is it like, really is the carpenter verse is a real mcu of sorts yeah because let's not forget that it also includes the sam raimi spider-man films and yeah we discovered when we were doing a rewatch of or not a rewatch but a commentary of uh ooh, i don't know i'm gonna have to listen back there was something that we there was another film universe that we discovered that is a part of um, I think that Big Trouble in Little China overlaps with the Doom universe. Remember was that? that fl- remember that floating around eyeball guy? Maybe that was it. That's from the Doom video game. So I think the Doomiverse is part of the Carpenterverse. Maybe that was it. So maybe the Doom Slayers in there. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, that'll eventually bring us to Ghosts of Mars. But that's a while from now. Hey, now we're talking Mars, yeah. Hell. We're yeah. going all the places. Doom, Doom um, style. Okay. Are we ready to wrap this one up with our recommendo scale? Yeah, let's wrap this up. Uh, uh, Tate, you want to go first? Yes. Uh, on a scale of one hammer to five hammers, one being uh, I don't recommend people watch this, five being I do recommend people watch this, I will give this a solid... Uh, mm, I'll give this a solid 4.5. I That's... mean, I really liked this movie. That's very solid, and that's right on track with where I was going to go. I was going to go, I was thinking along the lines of four hammers, but I think four and a half is proper because this one, like I said, like we said before, we hadn't watched this at all. I hadn't seen this one for whatever reason, and it was a real surprise, like kind of sleeper that I feel like... uh, as far as John Carpenter movies go, people don't really talk about I, yeah. it for his horror erv, but it's actually really solid, like a really good movie. It's a really good movie, and it's very creepy and very unsettling, I thought. Like, just, just the whole mood and the whole vibe of it was very, like, disturbing, kind of. It was, like, gave me a sense of dread, you know, which I like in horror movies. Yeah, totally. kind of reminded me of Hereditary in that way, almost in a weird way. Like, I was getting Hereditary vibes from it. Sure. Um, yeah, and like you said, I don't, ever hear anyone talk about this movie and i think that's a shame yeah it's a it's a strange sort of thing so if you're if you're looking for a new movie to check out and you've never seen prince of darkness we say watch it check it out check it out watch you it. idiot dummy you fuck god damn it jesus oh god i'm Come starting on. to get tired Why do I have to tell you these things i'm starting to get tired and hangry tate should we wrap this that's up okay yeah yeah i guess we should we'll just be tired and hangry at each other for the rest of the night okay let's do that until we go to bed together Okay, <laughs> we'll get right. we'll get a good spoon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to be big or little this time? Oh, I got to be little spoon. You're the best big spoon in the biz. I know it, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, for my boss is John Carpenter. I'm Tate Chitwood, and it's me, Andy Bonnie. And we'll see you next time. Good night. Bye-bye.